0: I wanted to ask you about um, how you judge the effectiveness uh, of a zero blitz or, you know, not leaving a safety back early in or at the end of the first quarter. It worked very well. Devin got in Aaron Rodgers face uh, and forced the pass before the break. And then later in the game, Aaron hit, I guess, on that 51 yard pass when as a coaching staff, how do you evaluate the effectiveness um, of blitzing uh, when you review it on film?
1: Yeah, I think it's just uh, part of trying to keep the offense off balance and not doing the same thing. And when we, if we we did it well, then we you know reinforce it. And if we didn't do it well, then we try to correct the mistakes and um, do it better next time. So.
0: And how much of that bill is uh, disguised and, you know, credit to like Devin at, uh, on that blitz at the end of the first quarter? How much do you, uh, you know, coach up disguising it to the last second?
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's certainly a merit to that. Um, yeah, sometimes you want to try to disguise it. Uh, sometimes it might be better just to not be too far away. So you can, you know, take, doesn't take quite as long to get there. You don't want the quarterback to see it. So it's, um just try to find the right, the right balance there and the right, best way to execute it. And again, it's hard against Rogers, no matter what you do, he's, the he blitz or don't blitz or play zone or play man he's seen it all and he, he can certainly handle it all. So it's hard to, I don't think you're going to fool him. You just try to try to keep him off balance and, you know, hope he can make a play somewhere along the line. But, you know, it's a great, great throw. to a great catch on the pass of Valdez there in the third quarter. Sorry, the third quarter. Good play. Good play by the Packers. Thank you, Bill. Yes, you're welcome.
2: Next question will be Mike Reese, followed by William Binlison. Thanks,
3: see um I had one one on the game and then one looking ahead on the next game if that's okay. Uh on the game I was curious about how close you came at all to challenging the Gordon uh play on the on the opposite sideline. And if maybe that was a similar situation to what we had talked about um in the Bears game there. With the Edelman play, where it was just sort of early in the game and maybe not worth a challenge at that point, because at the time,
1: uh, I think it probably would have been worth it if, uh, you know, if he, if he was in bounds. But you know, second foot had to be in. I don't know. It was a quick look, It didn't, didn't look like. Looked like the officials made a good call on that play, but you know, I don't know, it was a quick look at it, so we didn't yeah, obviously go through the whole process. So
3: Yeah. And then um you guys are gonna turn the page here probably pretty quick, um, to the Titans and um they're obviously coached by someone you're familiar with. Um what what do you what do you remember about just your time with him that would maybe have led you to say, I could definitely see this guy becoming a, a head, you know, a coach or a head coach someday.
1: Well, I've had a, I'm very fortunate to have had a, um, a great relationship with uh, Mike through the years, uh, when he played, and then uh, when he stopped playing and went into coaching, starting at Ohio State, and then continuing on to. Um, the Texans and, you know, now in Tennessee, so Mike, Mike has, has a lot of great qualities as a person that translates into being a good coach, uh, but he works hard. He's physically very tough and um, has a great passion for the game. I think you see that in his, saw it in his playing, saw it in his coaching. Has a lot of experience. Um, very astute and can pick things up quickly and, uh, he works hard, um, but has a good aptitude for football. I think the game comes, you know, fairly easily to him in terms of understanding concepts and situations and things like that. So, yeah, he was, he was a great, great player here. Um. One that hopefully will be recognized into the picture. Hall of Fame. I certainly think he he deserves to be there. Um, and be a great got a great great coaching career. He's already established it, but continues to continue to build on it. So yes, one of the best best we've ever had.
2: Thank you. Uh, next question will be William Benenson.
4: Uh, Coach uh, William Benditson, uh, just watching a little of the replay of the game, is just you talk about how happy the job uh, you were with your defense, the job you did on Devontae Adams. Yeah, he had six catches, but only for about 40 yards, given what a threat he is, being one of the best receivers in the league. And related to that, how well you thought Stefan Gilmore played last night because he was on Adams for a lot of the game?
1: Yeah, I thought Stefan did a really good job on him. Um, and it's tough. He's, he's an excellent receiver. He does a lot of things well. Um, and we doubled him, um, you know, decent amount of the time too. So we, we tried to, as well as playing some zone. Um, yeah, but he's a great receiver and a great quarter, with a great quarterback and a, and a great offensive system. So it's hard to stop. Um, I don't think you're going to stop him. You just try to slow him down. And, you know, keep him from killing you and um thought I thought, thought Gilmore played played him very well um played him with good technique a um, couple of catches he he made uh we tackled him uh, pretty quickly after the the catch uh out in the flat there Duran got him uh, I think earlier or late in the game um, you know immediately after the catch so he just he gets the ball. um, going to try to get him on the ground so it doesn't extend, and he's a very good runner after the catch. Um, we'll keep him from getting the ball.
2: Thank you, coach. Awesome. Uh, next question Ross Masco from the Boston Herald, followed by Phil Perry.
4: Hi. Good morning,
3: Bill. Uh, I was just Hi, wondering. If- James Devlin showed up in the uh, in the run game in a positive way again last night. Um, just how good has he been this year, and
1: what kind of elements does he bring to your ground game? Uh, well, James always brings a, a positive element to our team, both offensively and in the kicking game. He is a very um, intelligent player with quite a bit of experience in our system, and he can do a lot of different things, uh, from pass protection to uh, the running game and he can uh, as a fullback playing behind the line of scrimmage uh, that, that players often and almost always call on to make adjustments uh, based on what happens in front of them sometimes it goes the way it kind of supposed to go but a lot of times uh, those guys move and uh, space opens up or, or closes up um, and then and the, the player behind it, the running back, of course, but the, the fullback uh, in front of the running back has to recognize and make those adjustments, make the right adjustment, and as well as being a, uh, as well as having to block a block of a good player, a linebacker, or, uh, a stunning defensive lineman, or whoever the assignment is, however it unfolds, has to make that decision and then make a. Make a solid block and then the running back has to depend on that block and make his cut off of it. Uh, so, you know, James's play on offense, um, in the running game and the passing game, uh, and then his play in the kicking games has, has been very dependable for us. And, uh, the, his role is a very solid role that, that sometimes expands, um, or could, could shrink a little bit depending on game situations and so forth. Uh, but he's always dependable. We can always count on him, whatever it is. And, you know, he does a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah.
2: Next question, Phil Perry, followed by Henry McKenna.
4: Hey, Bill. I know
3: this isn't uh, necessarily anything that's uh, incredibly new for you and your team when you have a player who's um, – asked to play a little bit out of position, but between, you know, Cordero, some others, I think we saw Slater used in a kind of a tight end role, almost near the, the goal line last night. But
4: what does it say about a
3: player when he's, when he's willing to contribute in those ways outside of his, his normal role?
1: Uh, well, uh, uh, and I'll just say, Phil, huh? um, in all my years of coaching, um I guess, unfortunately, it's been quite a few, but um, it's so – it will be very rare. Um, There are so few examples of it being any way but that uh, that that's just the way it is. Um, Look, players want to play. Players want to help their team. Players want an opportunity to contribute. And we all know that you have to you know, do some things maybe that are secondary or third or fourth on the list that uh, at times, you know, in order to, to do the things that you want to do. Receivers got to block in order to catch the ball. And, you know, backs have to pass protect instead of being able to run the ball, but it's you know, you can't carry the ball on every play anyway, so it's, it, I mean, those things are just, they're part of the job, and and I've been very fortunate, I guess, to have players that, that's, they're all kind of like that, they want to help the team, they want to do whatever they can do, whatever you ask them to do, whether it's change role on offense, defense, or in the kicking game, uh, but they want to contribute, to the team and, and they want to help in a way, and a lot of times, that Helping somebody else, it helps themselves, and then there's certainly plenty of other plays where other people do the same thing for them. Um, so, I mean, it's great, but I, I think it's pretty, it's pretty common in, in the, on the teams that I've been on, the world that I live in. That's that's the way. That this guy, this guy to do something, he doesn't come back and say, well, "Oh, you know, I don't really feel like doing
2: that." I mean, that's
1: this really doesn't happen.
2: Uh, next question, Henry McKenna, followed by Evan Mazar.
4: Good morning, Bill. Hi, Henry. Uh, I know you addressed the salute to service um, proceedings yesterday, just during the beginning of your press conference, but uh, I noticed sort of two things, that generally you haven't um, worn the salute to service gear that a lot of the coaches wear, but obviously um, today, yesterday you had the buttons and the decals. So... Um, I wondered, you know, why you choose to not wear the NFL gear, but instead you know, have a more personal approach maybe, or that's my word, but what, you know, why you went your
1: own route with it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I usually wear the same thing for every game. I mean, not the same thing, but depending on the weather and so forth, I just wear the same thing for every game. Um, so I'll change what where we be based on, what is. but salute services. Look, the military and and the job that our servicemen and women do and sacrifices that they make are uh, very important to me, my family. Always have been, always will be. Um, and I always want to recognize those, and I do it. So, um, I don't have any objection to what anybody else does, but I just, just choose to. You know, honestly, I don't think what sweatshirt I wear is that that important. What's important to me is what you know, what your actions are, what you do. So, I try to try to make those count.
2: Uh, next
1: question, Lecler, followed by Mike Petraglia. Hey, Bill. Uh, after
4: the game, a lot of the defensive players crediting the safeties with disguising coverages and blitzes and things like that. How much of that would you say is game plan specific and how much of it is kind of what you guys do every week and maybe you just did a better job of it or we just noticed it a little bit more last night? Uh,
1: well, it's yeah, I think the safeties did a great job of it, and um, I think it could be more or less important from week to week depending on um, different circumstances and, and different things that um, involve your opponent and, and your specific game plan for them. So, you, you know, it's a fi- it's always a fine line, and that's why I experience at that, that position is so so important. Um, disguising is is good and you want to try to do it but you have to be in a position to, to handle your responsibility and so disguising at the expense of being out of position and not being able to, to make the plays that you need to make um, or be where you need to be is that, that's a bad thing so the good thing is disguising but the bad thing is being out of position so you have to try to balance those and Again, that comes with experience uh, from Devin and Duran and, and uh, Pat, knowing where they need to be, what they need to do, um, how how much risk or how far away they can be from that responsibility, and make it can look like they're doing something else that they would normally do, um, and trying to tie different calls in based on the formation because we have no control over the formation the offense comes out and we don't know where they're going to be when we make a call so <laughs> once they align then that uh, the variables on disguise um, change quite a bit and of course the safeties with experienced safeties like we're fortunate to have can work together and um, complement each other as part of disguise then I mean, that's a good thing too But it's a fine line and it's um, it's a very uh, individualized thing between the player or players and the formation, the situation, and the people um, that we're playing against and what they do. And so that's the, the, I don't want to say a tricky subject, but it's, it's, it takes some takes some understanding and and uh, experience and you know that also extends to the linebackers and uh, high power Van Noy and guys that play at that spot um, to a lesser degree but maybe equally on an equal level of doing that with the line the line of scrimmage the backs the quarterback um, trying to affect them again as much as they can, depending on a lot of variables that could change from play to play.
2: Just a quick
4: follow-up, how much kind of freedom do you give a player like Devin or Patrick or Durant to their experience to kind of disguise things themselves and not have it be necessarily something that the coaches are enforcing?
1: Yeah, well, with the safeties and uh, you know, Steve goes over that with him every week and the linebackers, um, DeMarcus and B. Flo go over that with them as well. So it's um, – I mean, they, they, we look, we have put a lot of trust in those guys and they're the ones that are on the field. And, again, when you you make a call from the sideline, um, they're the ones that are playing the game and they see and, and can – Recognize things a lot better than a coach can. Um, they're actually out there doing it, and and they get a later look at it than the coach does when he makes a call. So, you know, we give them certain parameters, but I mean, in the end, all the decisions that they make out there are, are their decisions, and we trust them to make to make good ones and make the right ones. And we never want to put them in a compromising position. Again, the the execution of the plays. Is more important than the disguise. So, but we've had had a lot of players uh, through the years, um, going back to, you know, in particular Rodney and um, guys that you know Devin, of course Pat. These guys have been here a long time, Daron uh, too, for that matter. But that have really been been good at that and. And that's helpful to the to the entire defense. Thanks, coach.
0: Yep, you're welcome.
2: Uh, next question, Mike Pichaglia followed by Bob Sosie.
0: Uh, Bill, I wanted to ask you about the flea flicker that set up the uh, first field goal that made it uh, 10-3. The timing, two things stuck out to me: the timing uh, of the play. Um, James White uh, getting into the line, actually taking a step to his left before pitching it back to Tom and Tom's window to find Julian downfield. It was almost as soon as he caught the ball, he threw it to Julian. Is the way that play was executed, uh, did anything stand out to you?
1: Uh, You know, it was a really – I mean, that play is is a play that that really takes – Great timing and execution, and it, it's a hard play. Uh, it's a hard play to execute on a lot of levels. Um, and it's, it's a little, you know, there's some risk to it, obviously. I, I thought, you know, the idea, of course, is to suck the defense up in or towards the line of scrimmage and then, you know, be able to get get somebody behind them. Uh, either behind the secondary or behind the linebackers. In this case, it was behind the linebackers. And uh, you always count on the running back to make the right decision. So you never want to pitch the ball back if there's going to be a problem with the pitch back. And now the quarterback's, you know, getting the ball and somebody's on him and there's a lot of things that could go wrong there. But, you know, James made a, a great decision. It was a tough one, too, because – uh um when he, when he had the ball, Perry was was up the field. And, you know, he just had to had – he had a good sense and a good feel, um, you know, that he was blocked and he wasn't really close to, to Tom. But it's a lot easier when, when the line of scrimmage is flat and there's kind of no penetration. Then, then it's kind of easy to pitch the ball back and you know that the quarterback's safe. When you pitch it back and there's there's a defender behind you where you're pitching it, um, and you have to kind of count on that guy being blocked. It's it's a little it's a tougher decision for the back. Um, but James saw it. He made a good one. Trent was in good position. Um, Joe was in good position to um, uh, to block um, uh, on you know to block on the play, and and so you know, we we're able to get it cleanly executed, but it was it was a tough play um to execute and then of course the receivers, Julian and, and Hogan, you know, can't they don't want to go too fast or the, the defense will recognize it, they have to make it look like it's a running play and block and hesitate there for a little bit. Um uh, so that that the timing of the play works out but also they don't give it away and it it really appears um to everybody that it's a running play and then it turns into a pass play. So uh, was was very well executed by by james by tom um by julian and by the offensive line as a, as a total group um to to sell the run but still be in position of pass block and then um you know to get the, the play an opportunity to you know everybody an opportunity to handle the ball um you know, I thought Dwayne Allen made a you know made a good play on that too where, you know, Alexander blitzed and he uh, not Alexander, um yeah.
0: uh, ninety three, I think.
1: Yeah, right. No, um, he blitzed and and crossed uh crossed his face and you know, Dwayne kinda of flattened him out and gave James uh, you know, a clean chance to get the ball back there. So it was a lot of little things on that play, a lot of a lot of things that can that can go wrong, but if it works, then there's an opportunity for a bigger reward. So that's – but it's there, there's a lot of moving parts to that. But, again, so you really want guys that are experienced in making the pitch, handling the ball, running the route, um, that you, know, you, you, you put a lot on those guys. And, it's, you know, they did a good job.
0: Sure. Thanks, Bill.
1: Yep, you're welcome.
2: Well, uh, make, uh, Bob Sose, you've got the last question.
1: All right.
4: Thanks, Stacy. Uh, good morning, Bill. Hi, Val. I wanted to ask you about a play uh, specifically that came at around the nine-minute mark after you guys had taken the lead. I know last night you talked a bit about the pass rush and how difficult it is to get to Rogers, as elusive as he is. Uh, But it looked like Trey Flowers and Adrian Claiborne ran a game up front and uh, both got to the quarterback. And with that play in particular, um, is it a stretch to say that you know the timing and execution of a play like that really? In, in week nine goes back to the work that they've invested all season, and even back in the preseason, uh, noting just how much extra time those guys would spend on technique before and after practices. And, and then beyond that, and I've talked a lot about the tray uh, after last week's game uh, and, you know, throughout the last couple of years, but uh, in, in terms of his continued development, uh, you know, how much of that is a testament to all that extra time that he's invested In what he does, you know, refining his craft, his technique, and so forth.
1: Um, Yeah, Bob, well, Trey Trey works extremely hard. Uh, As we know, he's one of the hardest working guys on the team. Um, Running game, passing game, um, you know, his physical development and and maintenance um, in terms of getting, you know, treatment and taking care of himself. And a lot of times he's playing inside, which he did quite a bit of last night, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at his size, he's just, you know, less lighter than a lot of guys that, that play in there, um you know, over the guard and, and that in that position. So um but it, so he does a good job of, you know, again, week to week physically taking care of himself, being able to hold up and, and the techniques of playing inside, playing outside, playing on the open side, playing on the tight end side. Is a very, very versatile and valuable player for us. Um, and so on, on that play, um, I mean, first of all, it started off with, you know, good, good coverage on the play. So there was no, really no receiver came open right away. Uh, and, and we were able to have pretty good coverage on the play, but Rush got there quickly and, um, Trey and, and Adrian um, did an excellent job on the, on the twist game there. Um, on the defensive right side uh, that, that came clean so um, you know it's play that um, you know one of the one of the tools in the box for the defensive lineman to you know there are different individual pass rush techniques and then there are ways to uh, run games and, and twist and so forth to try to, to stress the, the protection and you um, it was just something that the that the players um, really had talked about um, prior to the to this play. It was, you know, earlier in the game about the way that um, Green Bay was blocking us, and we thought we might have a chance to to run this. And um, that was a, an excellent call by um, you know Coach Daly, Coach Flores to to kind of get this teed up. I thought it was a huge play in the game. Um, you know, we we had a a seven-point lead, which, you know, isn't isn't very much against these guys. And, and to be able to get the ball back, um, you know, midway through the fourth quarter um, with with a seven-point lead, you know, and, and get a three and out after, um, you know, after we got in the turnover to series before and scored uh, was really a, a huge, I thought it was a huge play in the game. Um, so it was well, very well executed by by Claiborne and Flowers. Um well-run, and the timing of the play. and Like I said, the, having it teed up to go at that time was, was a great job by the coaching staff, too. Great. Thank you. You're welcome.